Hello. Hello. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Welcome to season two, episode 12 of the Massive Fans Book Club podcast. This is the first part of two parts as we wrap up Akamath. And I just can't believe we're getting so close to the end. Like, what the heck? Crazy, and, isn't it? Yeah. And like, you and I were just talking about like the last episode with like Return of the Outer. Like, it's just like all high stress now and like not fun anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's fun, but not the same kind of fun. Like there is not no. as many like quippy remarks to make. It's just like all heavy and hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, it's. I knew we were talking about this and I was just like this, this episode. And I was just like, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's important. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. It's not as, um, yeah. Like we're not going to have good memes for this. (laughs) No, we're just all going to feel a little sad. Um, because today we're covering chapter 61 through 64 of A Court of Mist and Fury in case you missed it and you don't know why you're here. And that's by Sarah J. Mass in case somehow you've made it this far and didn't know that. Oh my. Remember, this podcast is not for little ears and is more or less PG-13. And truly, you probably will hear us drop a few F-bombs because some of the stuff that's happening from here into the end is kind of a holy moly, what the yeah. WTF moment. Yeah, the what the heck I used earlier was probably the only what the heck you're going to get. The rest of these are definitely what the fucks. Uh- yeah. <laughs> uh, on that F-bombs note. F-bombs will be happening. Oh, yeah. Know. Uh, on that note, quick admin stuff. Uh, don't forget that we are wrapping up the Saving Prithian workout challenge hosted by Books and Barbells this week. So don't forget Yay. to yes. So don't forget to share your selfies on Instagram and hashtag Saving Prithian giveaway to participate in our joint giveaway for the challenge. Uh, further info on that is on our Instagram and Facebook if you're interested. Also, please remember to rate and review us if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. This will help us get our show out to other fellow survivors of mass destruction. If you listen on a platform such as Spotify, where you are unable to rate and review, feel free to send us a love note either in a DM on Instagram or Facebook or through our website. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, we hope you didn't miss out on the massive restock that Fable Bands had last week. But even if you did, there's still time to use our discount code to get 10% off when you make a purchase between now and October 31st. The discount code is MASSIVE10 with two A's and all capital letters. That's MASSIVE10. Value uh, (laughs) valid for use on one purchase per customer. Yay! Yay! And with that, Hold on to your hats. We're diving into some deep shiznit today, like we said. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hope you brought your fighting leathers, Kim. You're going to need them. <laughs> yeah. And well, I did my best. Pack the steel as much as I could, too. What can I say? Yeah. Uh, something tells me that doesn't help against magic, unfortunately, uh, which is a whole what? side tangent we can have when we get there. <laughs> Absolutely. So, chapter 61. I love how this opens because it literally opens with I'd never worn so much steel. <laughs> right. There's which, a painted picture. 
which that's okay I like how I was like I'll talk about when we get there I guess yeah it kind of just opens up there I feel (laughs) like I'm confused like what we think we're entering like we are dressed to battle like Mm -hmm. hand-to-hand combat style like we think we are like going up against an army but aren't we like sneaking in shouldn't we be like using our magic stealthiness (laughs) well yeah but you and I both know that you know I mean it is highburn and after what happened in Valaris, it probably doesn't hurt to be armed true, as well. True, true. Okay, yeah, we probably have some PTSD from that. Good point. So, you know, though, I don't know how much steel I'd be wearing and how much ash I'd be wearing instead. But that's, that's a whole different story. Yeah, I think that's why I was confused. I was like, so you're going to go against this, like, ridiculous, like, magical being and you brought a like, freaking, like, longsword? Like, I... I feel well, I mean like... you can kill somebody with those. I mean you can decapitate them. I guess that's true. I don't know. I just feel like there might have been more strategic items to fill our pockets with, as you could say. <laughs> I I don't disagree. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, carry on. It's okay. It just I just love how it opens. I've never worn so much steel. That's literally the first sentence in this chapter. She has blades all over her body, including they gave her her own Illyrian blade to go right down her spine on her leathers, yes. which is actually kind of cool. Which, uh, don't we all want one? <laughs> I, I <do>. want one. <laughs> I do. I totally want one. And to my friends who listen, you all know why. So, hey, we'll go there another time. You know, they're they're talking about, they're, they're down in the, they, they come out of the townhouse and they're in the foyer. They're all meeting to go. And I just love how she says, because then, you know, in her internal monologue, she's like, and now Rhysand, my mate and high lord and partner. Partner. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I didn't notice that word choice until this, this read through. For some reason, it never mm. clicked. I guess it's like, I, I don't know. Maybe we're just trying to be inclusive or maybe it's like, my husband and I were like, I don't know, the word fiance still feels like stupid, like when we were engaged and like, you're not like my boyfriend. So it was like, what do you say? We're not married yet. So, I mean, you just got to pick something and they all kind of sound dumb. So True. It just, I don't know. It just struck me as very strange that that's a word in there. So who my knows? favorite part is, and you probably could not hear it, but uh, when I said all of that, my husband then snuck into the background and said, you're my future wife, which is a, the room reference for anybody who caught that. <laughs> I love it. God, that movie. I love it. <laughs> you could do a whole podcast just on the shiznit in that movie. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> anyway, they're all they're all dressed for battle, quite literally, in leathers and, you know, all of them. Moore, Cassian, Azrael, Reese, Vera. They're ready to go. They're ready for... To, they're, they're taking the fight to, to, to Highburn. Amarin is there and she's, she's like, she's going to guard, she's going to stay and guard Valaris, like we had discussed before, but she's like, the king of Highburn is very old, Reese, very old. Do not linger, which I guess is the nice way of saying that she has, um, or he has a, a lot of power. On top of all the, steel that she's wearing she also has both parts of the book of breathings on her and then and we gotta be careful not to touch that shit together because apparently we could like blow off the roof with it a boom 
but she's also <laughs> sorry you guys if you could just see how silly the two of us are being <laughs> we you know she she's also given the spell she has to speak by Amarin. so she's got a piece of paper with the spell on it and Reese is trying to be Reese and he's like oh we'll be in and out before you miss us guard Valaris and she's like no but really like take this shit exactly <laughs> Amarin's like mm. she's she's like Amarin studied my gloved hands and weapons that cauldron she said makes the book seem harmless if the spell fails or you cannot move it then leave like that's not ominous or anything like that's not that's not gonna like raise your hackles and make you worry or anything right yeah yeah Amarin I don't I guess Amarin's always kind of I don't want to call her the brains of the group because like Reese is like the brains of the group but Amarin's like the I don't know. She's like Common the mom. Sense. I was saying she's like the mom of the group, where she's like, okay, but no, really. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it is. It she is the mom because I mean, she's fifteen thousand plus years old. So yeah, yeah. I, I say she has that life experience thing going. Sure. Well, and I think <laughs> in this situation too, it's definitely the mom thing where it's like you're going if if shit goes sideways, you're going to want to try to make last ditch efforts and there are no last ditch efforts. I would rather you come home alive and we figure shit out then than have to bail you out of jail. <laughs> true. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. So they get ready to leave and more was taking uh, is taking Feyre just by herself. And Cassian and Reese were going to winter out with Azrael. They were going to drop Reese off a few miles off the coast. Then, you know, the boys were going to come and meet up with Moore and, and Pharaoh. But Reese comes in. He has to get one last goodbye kiss because, well, it's Reese, which is actually really sweet because it makes me feel good to know that he, he did do that. That, you know. He wanted to make sure he he told her how much he loves her. And he looks at Cassian and Cassian say, bows. And, I was going to say, that's great and all, but I care way more about what everybody else says in this moment than what he does. I know. Well, I but it, like, it, it kind of sets you up for that, though. It's so sweet because it, it sets you up for that. And after he gets done giving Feyre a kiss, he looks straight at Cassian and Cassian bows and says, with my life, High Lord, I'll protect her with my life. Then he looks at Azrael. He nods, bowing and said, with both of our lives. And it was satisfactory enough to my mate, who at last looked at Moore, who nodded once, but said, I know my orders. I can only imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I when I read that, okay, so like when I was making my notes, I vaguely remember that from my first reading. And then when I was making my notes, I was like, I really kind of wish that at some point we would find out. I mean, I know we sort of know what it was, but I want to know like how that went down. Like there are some things that I kind of hope the TV show does take creative license and like lets us see flashbacks and stuff of things we don't get in the books. I would love that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Because I would love to know how that conversation went down and like when, you know, like is this days ago? Like, did we already think this through days ago or was this 20 minutes ago? Cause to me, that's like a huge difference. <laughs> exactly. I agree. Or like, or, I, like, I or these like standing orders in general, like hibern, no hibern, this, that, or the other thing, your job is always X. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I agree. That's why I highlighted it. Cause I just thought it was a really interesting 
it's a really interesting moment. And as soon as this little moment is over, they all winnow out. We get a snowflake. And there are, you know, she's literally like, I'm, I go from the, the townhouse to I'm in the night air, plunging towards the dark sea, and a warm body slams into mine, catching me before I could panic and winter myself somewhere else. And Cassian says, easy. Okay, help me out here. I I, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't, I, I read this like seven times today because I was like trying to make it work in my head. Is what we're trying to say that more winnowed them into the fucking sky, let go of her, mm-hmm. and then Cassian had to catch her to fly with her? Because I yes. don't understand why because that would have more been the winnows- method. Because then more winnows to the to the to the lower entrance. Because she clears the entrance before the guys right, get there right with her. Okay, but now I'm st- I'm still confused. Okay, help help me out here. So Cassian and Azriel took Reese to drop him off wherever the fuck. Right, but he has wings, so it was they're there and gone, and they can. And then Azriel winnows to where they are. My point is, is so did Cassian and Azriel both take Reese? Is that why Cassian didn't just take Feyre to begin with? Yes. Okay. I don't really understand why it took two of them to take Reese. <laughs> Cassian can't winnow. Right. So why didn't Cassian, Moore, and Feyre all go together and Azriel take Reese on his own? <laughs> Hey man, they didn't tell me that. They don't tell us. Okay. I'm I just I just want to make sure because yeah, I was, I was like, I read this like seven times and I was like, no matter how I read this, this feels like the wrong way to do this. And I realized that Cassian and Azrael have been planning this for weeks, but I feel like they already done fucked up. I know. I mean, it seems kind of stupid, but I, this is this. I had nothing to do. It's with It's fine. One. We weren't there for the conversation. Maybe maybe Reese is really heavy. I don't know. Well, and more definitely has. More is probably much stronger at, at winnowing, so it'd probably be a whole lot easier for more to do it. It, it is possible that 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 Azriel's magic isn't strong enough. Okay, that's fair, I suppose. I don't know. I just felt like I something. Know. I just felt like somewhere in this, I just, I read it like seven times. And I was like, no matter how many times I read this, this doesn't feel very clear to me. I agree. I agree. Okay, but, but that aside, carry on. <laughs> more windows them out to the middle of the ocean and stops because more doesn't have wings. She can't fly. So both she and Favor start falling. Cassian and Azrael both have wings, so they meet them there. Cassian catches Feyre, and then as soon as Moore realizes Feyre has been caught by Cassian, she winnows out. I I know. I, I don't get it. It's weird. I just, I'm telling you what the story says, people. It, it Trust me. It's so strange. Anyway, they're literally very quickly approaching this huge landmass. No lights burned on. I love the description. There are no lights burn, burn, no lights burned on it, but it felt old, as if it were a spider that had been waiting in its web for a long, long time. Yeah, and we get a cool description later, and I think these two go together really well. Also, like really Halloweeny. <laughs> yeah, it's very Halloweeny, but it's also 
for any of our friends out there in this world who have read uh, Throne of Glass, I find the spider reference very interesting, and I'm sure that you all will too. Um, so I will leave it at that because, well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who has not read Throne of Glass. And we will get there eventually, as long as this we podcast will. survives, like, you know, six more months. <laughs> I'm sure it will. We'll get there. I promise people we'll get there. It's true. <laughs> we'll get there. Even if everyone's like, we don't care that much. <laughs> we will still go That's there. Right. <laughs> We're still going to go there. So, but again, like I said, I, I just found it really interesting that, you know, here we are and there's this reference to spiders and, and again, Throne of Glass, those of you who know where I'm going, Tower of Dawn, well, everything, there's there's mentions of a part of that, but Tower of Dawn, it really becomes an issue. So spiders, people, spiders. Um, anyway, you know, she continues to describe the island as she sees it. And she's like a wall of bone white cliffs arose, their tops flat and grassy, leading away to a terrain of sloping barren hills and an overwhelming sense of nothingness. And I can't figure out, I'm, I'm wondering, is she trying to take some description from the Cliffs of Dover? I don't know. Maybe. Couldn't tell you. I, I couldn't tell you. I haven't been to Dover, so I don't know. But I, I just thought it was interesting. And then they get to the castle itself. So they're describing the, the castle. It's described as the following. Built on the cliffs and perched above the sea was a lean, crumbling castle of white stone, not imperious marble, not elegant limestone, but off-white, bone-colored. Again, creepy. I'm sorry. Bone-colored is really kind of yeah. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes Ooh. back later in one of the uh, chapters I'm covering. So, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, keep that thought in mind, people. Just keep that thought in mind. And of course, Favor's like, well, where is everybody? And the Azrael and Cassian are like guard shift, which is why they kind of picked this time because there were going to be the fewest number of people around to see them. Right. But then she's like, I'm assuming she can't winnow us in. And I'm like, okay. I, I swear to God, you guys said you had a plan. Did you all, did you not actually discuss this with Pharaoh before you left? Because I feel like she didn't I don't know. think so. I'm like, damn, I feel like she didn't know she was going to be falling through the sky. And now she's like, so I guess we can't win a win. Like, what the fuck, people? <laughs> like, Cassian, as communicate. I know. Well, the response back was too many wards to risk the time it had cost for her to break through them. Reese might be able to, but we'll meet him at the door on the way out. That's not ominous. Yeah. So I guess she had to get there first to 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 uh, break the wards before they got there. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's why she they I'm she more, split it from them. Yeah, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I'm about to That's use my, this I'm about to use all my allotted fucks on just this chapter. The bizarre thing about this whole situation is, is the book is talking to Farrah <laughs> saying, home, take me home. And I'm just like, can I just tell you I'm having like this weird like 
country roads take me home moment in my head oh, and it was really bizarre the first time I read it and that, you're that's having that which, my mind. which makes sense I was having Lord of the Rings like precious moments <laughs> like <laughs> well there's that too but but there's more for that to come we're not even yeah. anywhere near there see well, I haven't even gotten to precious see I I've still just thought the it, book saying take me home I felt like that as soon as it said home take me home but now mind you that's only <clears> because I just recently was like re-watching the Lord of the Rings movies and I was thinking about how like the ring keeps trying to like tell Frodo where it wants to go and where it wants to be and what to do and blah 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 and so to me it like immediately read that way and then yeah it just like I thought it was just me I was like oh I just recently rewatched the movies it's just me but yeah yeah later it gets serious like my precious vibes and I'm like what the fuck it really does like here it's kind of the very beginning of that where it's talking like the ring and all and the shadows yeah but it, it does, it really gets kind of Lord of the Ringsy in a little bit. But at this moment, I just, like I said, the first time I read it and it was uh, at <laughs> home, take me home. I literally couldn't help but think of John Denver. And I'm to like, you know. Place I belong. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of where I went with it. I was just like, this is so inappropriate. Wildly, wildly inappropriate. Um, but Hey guys, guess what? Before we even get to the song list, you now have one of the songs for this episode just because, <laughs> well, you know, I gotta laugh. We've talked about laughter and I'm laughing. Yeah. Well, like we said, we're trying to make this as fun as it can be when it's heavy as shit because I don't think last episode was that fun because it was heavy as shit. <laughs> it doesn't get any lighter from here on out. Yeah. So we're doing Sorry, our best. guys. If you want to put it in in context of something, think of the Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy. So you have A New Hope, which would be Court of Thorns and Roses. And then you have Empire Strikes Back, which is A Court of Mist and Fury, where we are. And then you have Return of the Jedi, which is Akawar, which is the next book. So if you just want to put it in context of that trilogy to this trilogy, yeah, we're there. Totally makes, there. I like it. Makes sense. So this is definitely the dark, the dark book of the the trilogy. Yeah, which is ironic because the next one is like very war heavy, but somehow not as heavy, like not as dark. dark. Yeah, it's like war heavy, but it's not as dark somehow. Or maybe it's just that we're all desensitized by then. (laughs) Combination. No. Because there are things that happen in the next book that make it less dark. Uh-huh. If only you could see my face because my brain is now only going to the dark moments. (laughs) So I'm like, "Mm, sure, Kim, sure. (laughs) Whatever you say, Kim, because I'm just thinking of all of the terrible things that happen. Well, it's not a dance in the park, but... (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, point is, is uh, shit's getting shit's getting real, Kim. So yeah, so we take yeah. the book says take me home, country roads, and then <laughs> and then she can feel the cauldron. Now I love this because this description is hysterical, in a good way, hysterical. Like it's it's very descriptive, ancient, cruel, without allegiance to anyone but itself. The cauldron. And you're like, damn! So I thought like it was a- describing Nesta. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, you know, it makes it sound like it's sentient. Yeah. Don't even get me started. Well, again, it's just got, you know, my precious vibes. 
exactly well you know maybe the book of breathings is the precious and the cauldron is mordor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe yeah i kind of kept getting mordor vibes from the whole highburn situation yeah Yeah, i mean highburn in and of itself is yeah mordor but yeah cauldron while it's the precious is less in this case the precious and more the the eye (laughs) yeah the isr run (laughs) the cauldron is the eye okay anyway cauldron is the isr run and uh highburn is mordor and the book of breathings is precious okay we got it sold done figured out and both of them have pointy eared folk so (laughs) that's right hey we're there we figured it out magic (laughs) they get there more is waiting for him she's disabled the wards azrael goes into the first passage comes back out apparently he's killed some people because there's blood on his blade it's like good on you dude Again, I hope the TV but, show shows us that stealthy ass. Like, <laughs> I know. Wouldn't that be fabulous? I would love that. But I love it because it says there was blood on his knife, an ash knife. So at least one person wasn't wearing all steel. Yeah. Azrael was like, I know where we're going. <laughs> That's right. Smart boy. Well, he is. He's the smart one. Really smart one. He's not the brains, but he's the smart one. Yeah. Then we get a snowflake. At this point, they're in the bowels of the castle, so to speak, trying to find the cauldron. And Pharaoh's like, I didn't need to focus to track the cauldron from its hiding place. It tugged me on my every breath, hauling me to its dark embrace. Yeah, my precious. Uh, my precious. <laughs> See, this is where the, my precious is. Like, because the cauldron's pulling it to her. Yeah. I mean, pulling her to it. Gets real stupid in a minute. <laughs> It does. Go down the little pad, down the, you know, they're they're slinking through the bowels of the castle to find where this little thing has been hidden. So they're going through. And one thing that comes out of this, because they're basically in an ancient dungeon and they're going through, more is the last line of defense. Favor finally realizes what her, her order is, which is the last line of defense, which is to get, if anything were to happen to Azrael and Cassian, no matter what, Moore's job is to get Favor the hell out of there. Right. And then return to get the guys. Now, our two Bat Boys did kind of clear the path and clear the way and use brute force. They're the brute squad. That's what they are. There's our Princess Bride. Oh reference. my God, they are the brute squad. <laughs> They're the brute squad. They're called the brute squad. We are the brute squad. You are the brute, the brute squad. squad. <laughs> we are the brute squad. Yes, yes, you are the brute squad. Oy. So they're the brute squad and they're clearing the way. And apparently the pull of the cauldron is so strong at this point that it's literally making they were nauseous. Mm. And she's like, it's down there. And they follow where she's telling them. And the, the book of breathings is like home home so apparently you know again we're having more john denver country roads moments but you know what have you they all come into the same room that the cauldron is in and it's a round room in the dungeons of the castle and in the center of the room atop a small it says dais in here i don't know if i'd say dais or just kind of like a pedestal i see it almost more like a yeah that's what i thought too or a large plinth, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't say dais. I would say a plinth. Sat the cauldron. 
and we have the end of the chapter. <laughs> the editing in this chapter, because it was great, because it literally, the, the snowflakes are literally just enough passage of time to get you from one main section to the next without yeah. it feeling like it could have been a chapter break. Yeah. And also, so we don't have to read like, and then they went down the stairs and then they went down the hall and then they turned left and then they turned right. Like we get it, we get it. They, you know, right. are proceeding forward. But, you know, I got to admit, it's going to be one of those scenes that I can't wait to see it on TV. Like, I can't wait to see yeah. them film it and how they envision it and, and how that's going to work. Because I'm, I'm very curious um, to see what comes out of this. So we'll see. Chapter 62. They found the cauldron. Chapter opens with a description, and I'm going to read this description. The cauldron was absence and presence, darkness and whatever the darkness had come from, but not light, life. Not joy or light or hope. Boy. Yeah. Now, for my discovery of witches, friends, and fans out there who have read it, and Kelsey hasn't, I'm, I'm bugging her. Trust me, people. For I'm my friends to, out there who. But I'm up to my this, eyeballs and books, Kim. You know. <laughs> and TV shows. Oh, between between the TV shows I've started and haven't finished, and the books I'm starting, and I, yay! Like guys, I accidentally started like a whole another thing on TikTok where I am reviewing episode by episode of Rain, like the CW show. So, and I'm like up to my eyeballs in the magicians. Like, I just I got, got a lot of TV going. I'm still trying to finish Merlin with my husband. I mean, I've seen it, but he hasn't. Like, just a lot of stories going on. <laughs> We'll get her there, though. I promise. I'm, working I through, get her I'm there. still working through Blood and Ash. I'm reading my Smut Timber book. Like, God. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I guess my problem is, is that I've, I've, I've seen all the magicians. I've seen, well, I've seen Merlin. I, yeah. So the TV shows are, aren't in my, they aren't in my thing. Because I've already been there, done that. So I'm just reading. And I've already read all the Blood and Ash. <laughs> I'm waiting on the next book in Blood and Ash, people like impatiently so i'm reading this i'm reading the zodiac academy for any yes, of our friends out there it, which i have to say it's kind of slow to start and it it kind of goes up and down it's not as smooth a burn like you want to talk about slow burn we think this book had slow burn oh dear god no zodiac Ooh, academy is 10 times slower i don't know if i could hang then <laughs> like it's not slow with certain characters and then with other characters it's just like smoldering it's crazy anyway maybe, maybe that's why i've been enjoying tv why i've been enjoying the magicians there ain't nothing slow about nobody in that show <laughs> no no there isn't no 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 oh boy but anyway so i'm reading that and then i'm reading um i'm reading my smut timber book so you know we're good but going back to a discovery of witches I love how it starts off with the cauldron was absence and presence, darkness and whatever the darkness had come from. And my ADOW friends will know it begins with desire. <laughs> Boy. All right. Well, Hello, gotta... Discovery of Witches. So I, I just. No, I got to read that book. <laughs> series honey series it's not just a book it's a whole thing yeah but you guys start with one (laughs) you do and it sucks you in if you read it and you agree message us and tell us what you think about that because hello i keep telling kelsey she's got to read it 
<laughs> she does like vampires so you know I do. we're all there people you know if you've read it you know don't even get me but started anyway, don't even get me started it, on blood and ash and how i fucking read that book wrong <laughs> we could do a whole fucking series of episodes about how i accidentally like ruined the plot for myself like 12 pages in because i just uh, how my brain works <laughs> texting Kim and I was like yeah yeah so xyz and she's like yeah and then later I found out I wasn't supposed to know that yet but she knew because she'd already read so oops well, I figured <laughs> it out early too so that wasn't the point I just was like I went ahead and played with it and went along going okay let's yeah. see where we go with this yeah but yeah I read that book wrong because I accidentally knew the reveal way too fucking early but that's okay um <laughs> I well, knew, you it, knew so, it, but I knew it so early that I convinced myself that wasn't it. <laughs> exactly. Like I knew it, but I was like, all right, I know there's more going on. And I, I kind of, <laughs> I held my, I held my suspension of my disbelief long enough to get there. But yeah. I, yeah, I ruined like, it so I, early I on that I decided that I was wrong. <laughs> I decided that I was dumb and told myself that couldn't possibly be it. And then when it happened, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, the point is, is Kim and I are drowning in a bunch of books. Um, but back to the book of breathings that fucking sighs home, home over and over again. True. Anyway, like I said, well, I just wanted to say, the reason why I brought up a discovery of witches, and then I will move on, I promise, was it wasn't until this reading this time that it really clicked, the, how it kind of resonated yeah. with me, how this is like, you know, it begins with absence and desire, it begins with, which is straight out of a discovery of witches, and here it is, it was absence and presence, and it just, the way it reads, it, it, it struck me as, as reading very, a discovery of witches, so to speak, so for my ADOW friends, if you if you know what I'm talking about and you get there, let us know, please. Because I, I, I wonder, is it just me or, or did somebody else pick up on this? Anyway, so they, they have found the cauldron and it's just a real big, big pot of joy, not. Yeah. And Moore's like, we only have a few minutes, hurry. Yeah. And as Favor goes to get near it, Asriel stops her and he's like, listen, not words, but a throbbing like blood pulsed through the room. Like the cauldron had a heartbeat. Wild. Like calls to like. I move toward it. I swear to God, I think this damn thing's sentient. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Start there. This thing is like freaking alive. So yeah, hello, my precious. Favor gets to it and she looks inside. And she's, she notes that it was nothing. It was nothing but black. It, there was nothing in it. Like it was just black, no light, no reflection, just black. And she speculates, perhaps the entire universe had come from it. Pain and ecstasy and power and weakness flowed into me. Everything that was and wasn't, fire and ice, light and dark, deluge and drought, the map for creation. Reeling back into myself, I readied to read the spell. Holy cow. Like, we just, like, yeah. jumped into this fright. Like, we, we went from the frying pan into the fire, but it's not a fire. It's a freaking inferno, people. Yeah. 
and she gets the the spell out and she's literally shaking so much and she touches the book as she's getting the the, the book of breathings as she gets it out and the damn book starts talking to her yes fucking book let's just make it even crazier this book just be talking crazy well, the book has been talking crazy from the moment they got it, but it's really like next to the cauldron. It's just all kinds of crazy. That Yeah, everything be talking crazy to Feyre, and that's why we got the title for the episode, Talk Crazy to Me. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody just be talking crazy. My precious. My yeah. precious. Exactly. Everything be talking crazy to Feyre. Yeah. And Feyre is literally, she's so close to it with everything going on. She's like, having a hard time getting all the words out like her her mouth is just not functional like she, her brain is like having a hard time computing what it needs to do right and she pulls the book out both parts and she has the spell in her hand luckily she's memorized it thank god for small miracles mm-hmm. but as she's get the two the two books out the two halves of the book out and remember Amron said do not do not, do not put the books back together. Uh-huh. And Fair is standing there next to the cauldron, holding the two halves of the book of breathing. And she says, Amron had been wrong. Separate, their power was cleaved, not enough to take on the abyss of the cauldron's might. But together, yes, together, the spell would work when I spoke it. Whole, I would become not a conduit between them, but rather their master. There was no moving the cauldron. It had to be now. So this cauldron is definitely way too big for them to easily move and carry out. Right. Moore's trying to stop her. Doesn't happen. She puts the second half of the book on top of the first half. And I love how she says it's like, if if Hybern didn't know she was there before, guess what? She just set the alarm because it mm-hmm. says a silent ripple of power hollowed out my ears, then buckled my bones. Then nothing. So no, she didn't tell them that they were there at all. No. Yeah. Here, let's just set off the alarm. Dumb dumb. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it is a like my precious moment where it's like it's, it's just stronger than she is, I guess. It is. It is. The pull is so it's too much for her. It really but is. But I feel like when she's got that whole little spiel, like the, I was not a tool, not a pawn. I would not be a conduit, not the lackey of these things. Like I just, and she's like, from the pit of my memory, the first word formed, I slogged through it, reaching for that one word, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm just getting like really strong, like glad rail vibes <laughs> from yeah. Lord of the Rings. Remember when she yeah. like when yeah. Frodo's like, you take the ring, and she's like kind of going third person on herself. And then she's like, Woo, I did it. I didn't take the ring. I'm smart. I'm okay. Yeah, well, Farah didn't get that far. <laughs> yeah, no. Farah almost fucking fucked it all up. <laughs> Farah is what happens if Galadriel takes the ring from Frodo. Okay. Aaron <laughs> is not as pure a heart as Frodo is. Apparently. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Next thing we know, she is literally being pulled and wrenched away from the cauldron. Mm-hmm. And she's slowly coming back. And they hear people coming down. And Farah is like coming out of this, this trance that she was literally in. Yep. And Azrael's trying to protect her. So he's shoving her behind him. And the mo- and I love how she says this. The movement cleared my head enough to feel something wet and warm trickle down my lip and chin. Blood. My nose had been bleeding. Oi. Yeah. So 
it really is kind of that whole the precious Iosora and Mordor yeah. feel. And whoever's coming knows they're there. Like I said, she set off all the alarms. And she's like, a handsome brown-haired male swaggered down the steps. Human eye, human. His ears were round, but his eyes. I knew the color of those eyes. I'd stared at one encased in crystal for three months. Guess who showed up, people? In the flesh. Jurian. And the chapter ends. Yeah. Yeah. So chapter 63 picks up literally right there. And for starters, I want to officially put in my fan cast choice for Jurian. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I enter into the ring. Uh, Hail Isaac Appleman, also known as Elliot from the Magicians. Uh, yes. <laughs> please note that as Kim and I had a long discussion about this earlier, I'm not suggesting that Jurian looks like the cleaned up vest wearing Elliot from season one of the show, but more the yeah, shaggy, no. yeah, no, more the shaggy roughed up Elliot from later in the show. <laughs> and I'm totally willing to like deep dive into this on a bonus episode when we talk about fan cats later. But for now, my point is, is that's where I'm going with this. And I just think that Jurian is probably like a smaller, stealthier, like swaggery dude, not like a himbo. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that's definitely not a himbo. Yeah. So that's how I got to where I'm at. (laughs) I just, I have to tell you guys. So she was, you know, she tells me this and I have to say my first image, every time you say Elliot, I know. I know what happens to his character evolution throughout the magicians because I've seen the whole series. But at the same time, I forget what he looks like at the end because yeah. he's really evolved. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> if you've never seen the show, so I'm not even going to go into that theory and, and what happens because that's a whole set of plot that'll lose everybody. But if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. So of course I'm thinking of the the gender we're not sure which way he swings maybe he's bi i think he is i really think oh he's bi. in the show definitely in yeah. real life uh he, the way he described himself was well i'm definitely not straight <laughs> which again doesn't really mean anything other than <laughs> he's not strictly straight <laughs> I think that he and his character on the show must have a lot of um, similarities. Similarities. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I'm thinking of this very well-dressed, very well put together. Every time I think of Elliot, I just, I think of him as you meet him. You're thinking of season one. Yeah. You're thinking of season one, Elliot, where he's like wearing a fucking vest, drinking champagne, but yeah. And it just, when she said that for Jorian, I have to tell you guys, I sat there, I scratched my head. I was like, what? Yeah, no, because then I was like, no, Google it. And also, and that's the other thing too, is like having just recently been watching the show, I'm like, I know the guy's also actually built pretty well. So <laughs> we can send him to the gym. <laughs> he need, he does need a little bit bulky now. He's not uh, quite bulky just, enough. Just a little bit though. I'm still not convinced that he's a big dude. Just like a week ago down a whole rabbit hole on this. I don't think that Reese is a particularly huge dude. Huge now, but definitely muscled. Yeah, very... but I think there's a very different, like there's lean muscle and then there's like bulked up. And I don't think either Jurian or Reese are bulked up. 
No, the only one who's really bulked up is Cassian. Yeah. And I figure Asriel still more so than um Asriel, Reese I think, and... is somewhere between Cassian and Reese. Yeah, I really same. do. But yeah, you know, Reese is definitely muscular and he's muscled and he's well defined oh, and sure. well toned. And so yeah. is Jurian, but for sure. But the problem is is that Mr. Appleton definitely um because of the character he plays is not as muscular as as I but think as all TV as all TV shows will t- show us uh anybody will go to the gym if they want the role. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> we have seen some crazy transformations particularly of men for TV. Anyway, True. anyway go on i'm so sorry you're fine go ahead. line one's the the first line he has in chapter 63 is actually like the delivery of that line in my head was basically where my casting decision came in because looking at cassian duran says you worked your way up the ranks didn't you congratulations because like i'm immediately <laughs> like thinking of the fact that like you whoever plays Jurian has to have just like a wicked sense of humor like he just mm-hmm. has to have this like very like the uh, uh similar to Reese but different very similar to like Reese Akatar, if that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh immediately Feyre feels a ripple of night and wrath as Reese appears because he's clearly sensed that all is not well and they are clearly sending down like mental mayday mayday like get your ass in here vibes Mm -hmm. always a step ahead uh Reese sneaks the book from Feyre into his own pocket for safekeeping while addressing Duran and Duran pokes at Reese about how last he knew he was still warming Amarantha's bed and Reese just kind of takes it, which I think is what bores Jurian immediately because then he moves on to his next target, which is more, and he's demanding to know the scoop about Miriam. Mm-hmm. Rolling with the 500-year-old lie, Moore tells him that she's dead. And Jurian says a line that, again, I could just go on for a week about, but I guess there's no point. But Jurian says, a liar. You were always such a liar, Morgan. Which is ironic since she's the fucking truth teller. Like, since all we know about this bitch is that she's the truth teller. And that, you know, I mean, we get like a little bit of background about her, you know, ex-fiance trauma, so to speak. But like, Uh, mostly all we know is that she's the fucking truth teller, except for when she decides to, you know, not tell the truth. So apparently the truth teller can tell lies, which to me defeats the purpose. (laughs) I would agree. So I don't agree. I don't know. But that just, to me, brings, <laughs> I couldn't help it when I read it. It I brings up to me the most hilarious connection. All I could think when I was doing my reread earlier when I read that section where he's like, you're a liar. You're always such a liar, Morgan. I couldn't stop thinking about the Drake and Josh episode where Drake says, are you calling me a liar? And Josh goes, I ain't calling you a truther. Ah! <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> definitely not no yeah and, uh, no. i couldn't help myself i went and, like rewatched that scene on youtube so i will link in the show notes in case anybody doesn't know the show because like why would you but that like that scene is so hilarious and it's what i pictured for durian at that moment <laughs> but whatever none of that's really important here <laughs> um more 
Durian presses more about where Miriam is because he's like, you're full of bullshit. Like, where is she? And her only response is away from you. <laughs> well, that is, is, that's a well, that, that's, that's, that is yeah. true. Um, and now the group has decided that they've had enough and they link hands. Like, I don't know why we didn't do this earlier, but at this moment, we're like, okay, I'm tired of Jerrion and he's just babbling on. So let us all hold hands and winnow out of here. Right. Well, that goes about how you assume, which is nothing happens and the magic or powers or whatever, basically short out. And Jerrion is smiling like a fiend because, well, this was always the plan. Turns out he was a distraction while the king of Highburn cast a spell to trap them all inside the castle. Womp womp. And we're surprised how? Well, right. I mean, on one hand, they all did the best that they could. I truly believe that Az and Cassian did their homework. I think they busted their asses, but I kind of feel like maybe we should have seen this coming. And also, like, I guess we kind of did. It's like sort of why Reese and Amarin weren't along for the ride. And I guess if Reese had remained outside the castle, things could have gone a little differently. But he didn't. So here we are. New mating bond. Yeah. Reese keeps trying trying and failing to use his powers. And Jorian reminds us she stole his book of spells to take your powers. Like, Amarantha done done been there done that and now the king of highburn be here doing it again we're back to square one basically oh gee I mean yeah and the shit part is that Feyre keeps trying to talk to Reese down the bond and that's also not working so that's no good Jurian has a big old monologue here but the important part is at the end where he again why Appleman would be ideal for this where he says do you understand what it's like to be constantly awake, forced to watch everything she did? And favorite internally notes that this has made him insane. It tortured his soul until he went insane. And she claims to see it in his eyes. And know more about Jurian, just like tuck this in the back of your head because I think this observation that she's making is fascinating <laughs> because of what we know. Yeah. And again, why my put my two freaking cents in for Appleman? I think he's gonna be great. Anyway, <laughs> like mm-hmm. see, I've cast him in my mind. Well, my cast in my head is great. Um, <laughs> would it work on TV? I have no fucking idea. Moving on, Jurian <laughs> basically says that he's excited to torture Reese, and Reese basically says, "Bring it." And then we're interrupted by someone at the top of the stairs. And this description makes me laugh because it's like kind of an insult to whoever gets casted him in the TV show. He was of surprisingly average height, but muscled like a young man. But his face, which looked perhaps like a human man in his 40s, blandly handsome. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I know exactly what she's trying to say, but I feel bad for ever get cast who gets cast as him. It's like, oh, I'm bland, huh? Thanks. Anyway, this is the King of Highburn. And he says what we all kind of think at this moment. The trap was so easy. I'm honestly a bit disappointed you didn't see it coming. And for reasons, Asriel is taken down at this moment by an ash bolt from Jurian. More screams, rightfully so, and then we get what feels like a misplaced snowflake. <laughs> because no time passes. 
<laughs> like maybe a few minutes of Azrael moaning in pain and, you know, maybe someone slapping more so she stops screaming. But it's a commercial break. Yeah. I, yeah. I have no idea what the fuck that snowflake's doing there. But now we're on the move and we are following the king because, well, we're out of options. Yeah. If I could somehow get to Azrael, give him a mouthful of my blood, but it'd take too long, require too many moving parts. And then about a page later, we knew the king wasn't bluffing. It'd take one move on their part for Azrael to die. Yeah, so like with that, we're stuck following the king who has managed to take the cauldron with him with a snap of his fingers. Yeah, we are like way out of our league. <laughs> we are way out magicked here, people. Yeah. Way out magicked. Wildly out magicked. Yeah. And they are brought out of the darkness and Feyre, always with an artist's eye, notices something creepy about the castle. This kind of goes with like, Kim, what you were saying earlier. She notes no furniture, yep. no art, as if this castle were the skeleton of some mighty creature. And Ooh. I just feel like this is brilliant because the only thing creepier than stuff is no stuff, in my opinion. Yeah. But in case lack of stuff doesn't creep you out, there is a creepy free feature in the throne room, which is upon a dark emerald dais is a throne of human bone. Yuck. <laughs> It's not, it's not the throne of sword. It's not the throne of swords. It's swords. It's the throne of bones. Yeah. Big it. Taking a seat, the king says to what we thought was an empty room. Now that I've upheld my end of the bargain, I expect you to uphold yours. And two men appear from the shadows of the room. Lucian and Tamlin. And 63 ends there because what the fuck? <laughs> our man lucian and good old tamlin the tool yeah well 64 picks up right there because who the fuck could stop there i mean i wish i could say that the break between 64 and 65 is better but it's not so sorry in advance <laughs> guys we had to end somewhere so we had to pick some shitty cliffhanger <laughs> yep anyways Reese goes, quote, still as deaf, which I know is overused in writing, but I love it every time nonetheless. And Feyre, quote, says, I was staring at Tamlin, at that face I had loved and hated so deeply as he halted a good 12 feet away from us. Apparently, Tamlin has gotten all gaunt and has chopped his hair off since we last saw him. And again, just like another TV side note, I feel like this has to be a dramatic haircut, like maybe like almost a buzz yes. cut, because otherwise this is just going to come off like a girl who went through a bad breakup and gave herself bangs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just going to make us laugh. And I don't think that's what we're going for here. <laughs> no. But I digress. Apparently, he's just staring at her, like way confused by her fighting leathers and the fact that she's standing with Reese, like not in fear, but with him and the Illyrians, like they're a family. And Feyre whispers a Wait. no as Tam, right? Feyre whispers a no as Tamlin steps forward. And Lucian puts a hand on Tamlin and stops him from moving closer. 
And apparently Lucian's eye is like spazzing out. And like, I can kind of only imagine that what happens in Lucian's mind is a little like Dr. Strange where he's like going through all the information, seeing different scenarios. And I think, I think Lucian is realizing that like, this isn't good. And there is no timeline in which this ends well. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm giving Lucian too much credit, but I really think he's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Lucian's a smart boy. He really is. Yeah. Reese finally chimes in. What was the cost? Because to quote Mr. Gold, magic always comes with a price, dearie. And that is definitely the case here. Yes. (laughs) Damlin tells Highburn, you have my word. (laughs) And to tell us what that is, the king explains, we made a bargain. I give you over and he agrees to let my forces enter Prithian through his territory and then use it as a base as we remove that ridiculous wall. Cassian hisses to Tamlin, you're insane. And like, that is the biggest understatement in the world. Yeah. My brain- Let's just state the obvious there, Mr. Captain. My brain cannot comprehend what Tamlin is thinking here. Like, not only is he risking his court, but all of Prithian, all of the human race, for a girl who isn't even his mate. Like, what the actual fuck? Not only, not only that, but she left him. Right. Like, she has to, like, he has to know that she is not his mate. Like, dude, bro, if it hadn't kicked him by now, it's not gonna. Like, I don't understand. I do not understand. Like, at least if, like, we had some reason to believe that Tamlin truly thought that he and Feyre had some kind of mating bond, then, like, maybe we could just be like, well, he is insane, driven insane by the mating bond. But no, he's just insane for insane's sake. (laughs) Yeah. He got pissed off because his toy got taken away. He's having a temper tantrum. Yeah. I mean, really, that's how it comes across. He's For sure. He's having a, a toddler sized, well, a very large toddler sized temper tantrum. Yeah, and it just gets worse. Uh, the scene is so nauseating. Tamlin holds out his hand and calls to Farah as if she's just gonna prance over there like, okie dokie then. And <laughs> the king, even the king, I think, is like, what the fuck am I watching? Because he gives <laughs> a little, much. he gives like a little speech about Farah being hard to track down and. Lucian like kind of takes a moment to be like, damn, we may have some problems, but he doesn't get to say anything. He just like murmurs Talon's name under his breath. Like, damn. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the, yeah. And the King reminds Tamlin, there's that other bit too. The other thing I wanted, well, Jurian wanted. Two birds with one stone, really. The High Lord of the Night dead, and to learn who his friends were. It drove Durian quite mad, honestly, that you never revealed it during those 50 years. So now you know, Durian, and now you can do what you please with them. Like, honestly, the king is just having, like, way too much fun. (laughs) Um, And honestly, thank God, because, and I have a point to make about this, like, next episode, to put a pin in it, but basically, I think if the king wasn't amused, we'd actually have bigger problems. Very true. Feyre announces that she has no plan to go with Tamlin, and the king tells her that she'll probably feel differently after he breaks the bond. How else is Tamlin to have his bride? He can't very well have a wife who runs off to another male once a month. 
<laughs> and like before you think, oh, thank God, he only knows about the deal. Whew, don't worry. He don't know about no mating bond. He's talking about that deal tattoo. Like, don't get too excited. Because <laughs> I felt that too. And then I was like, fuck. Uh, <laughs> well, Feyre is- did until very recently. We'll leave it at that, right? Yeah. Feyre is close to tears. Don't. Don't let him. I told you. I told you that I was fine. That I left. And Tamlin is an ass who still won't see what's in front of his face and says, you weren't well. He used that bond to manipulate you. Why do you think I was gone so often? I was looking for a way to get you free and you left. And just uh, again, honestly, he's such a fucking dolt and it's a good thing because I'm convinced that this whole next book depends on it. <laughs> yes. So just bear with us until we get there. <laughs> Tamlin extends his hand again and growls to her, come home with me now. And Reese isn't doing anything, but not like Akatar when Tamlin wasn't doing jack shit. Feyre realizes Reese is trying to conceal his scent and their real mating bond. Yep. <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> Feyre takes a minute to play with the hold that's on her magic. She's trying to like bust through it. So in her head, we get like this mantra, I am Faye and not Faye, all and none. You do not hold me. I am you, I am as you are, real and not, like more than gathered with some power. You do not hold me, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, we get more of this like Gladriel bullshit. (laughs) I don't don't know what we are doing. Anyways, it doesn't work. So Feyre tries to bargain. I'll come home with you if you leave them alone. Let them go. And Tamlin, like, just can't make a deal. So he's like, they're monsters. They're, and he tries to grab Feyre. <laughs> Somehow, even though, that, like, her magic's, like, all shut the fuck down. She manages just to winnow right out of his grasp. So that he falls forward and Reese punches him in the jaw. And, mm-hmm. like, while it's a shame that her powers weren't strong enough to do more, it, this was still such a nice touch, nonetheless. <laughs> Very true. I think I think she was able to use her mat like her her inner self enough to to loosen it up that much. Well, and also I guess truly, depending on what the like King of Highburn did, he just wants to make sure that they can't leave the castle. I guess he probably didn't lock them down that they couldn't move ten feet. You know, maybe anyway, I don't know. Which I don't know. Maybe that would have helped if they had thought that one through. But I digress. She isn't. But this is where like the real big fail comes in. <laughs> After she like windows out of the way and Reese like gives an uppercut to Tamlin's jaw. Um, Feyre retreats back to Reese at this moment who puts his arm around her. And Tamlin is like, ugh. <laughs> so I'm just gonna read it to you. <laughs> Tamlin rose, wiping the blood now trickling from his nose as he backed to where Lucian held his position with a hand on his sword. But just as Tamlin neared his emissary, he staggered a step. His face went white with rage. And I knew Tamlin understood a moment before the king laughed. I don't believe it. Your bride left you only to find her mate. The mother has a warped sense of humor, it seems. And what a talent. Tell me, girl, how did you unravel that spell? I ignored him, but the hatred in Tamlin's eyes made my knees buckle. I'm sorry, I said, and meant it. Tamlin's eyes were on Rhysand, his face near Feral. 
You, he snarled, the sound more animal than Faye. What did you do to her? I'm so annoyed for so many reasons. <laughs> like, I feel like if Feyre hadn't been like, oh, sweetie, nice punch. Like, I feel like maybe we would have successfully hidden the bond at least a little bit longer. Um, but we fucking didn't. And then I'm annoyed because... <laughs> I feel like we couldn't be more clear about what is happening here, which is like Reese and Feyre are mates, motherfucker. And I feel like Tamlin still thinks this is like all a big joke. (laughs) That's the part I don't get. Yeah, because Tamlin's like, what did you do? Yeah, what did you do to her? Fucking nothing, bro. Like, (laughs) that's how mating works in this fucking universe. It, it's a power above anything anybody in the room has. Yeah, like, to my knowledge, that, that selection had nothing to do with, with right. Reese and Feyre. Right. To my knowledge, there ain't no fucking love potions in Perithian. So I don't yeah. know what the fuck, Tam. I don't know. Again, I'm using like my a lot of fucks, but geez. I, what? Mm. <sighs> yeah. Tamlin the fucking tool, man. <sighs> I'm not going with you, I spat at Tamlin. And even if I did, you spineless, stupid fool for selling us out to him? Do you know what he wants to do with the cauldron? The king is like, oh, I'm going to do many, many things with it. And he says, starting now. And Feyre in her head is like, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. She's like, I couldn't tell if the voice was mine or the cauldrons. I didn't care. I unleashed myself. And then she gets like the talons and wings and all that, but it like immediately vanishes. So mm, she didn't really accomplish anything, which blows. There's some back and forth with the king who then really mm-hmm. hits a nerve when he says Feyre won't do anything and she should listen to her master, meaning Tamlin. And she spews. She just spews. If you bring me from here, if you take me from my mate, I will destroy you. I will destroy your court and everything you hold dear. And like, yo, it is a promise. (laughs) This is not a threat. Yeah. This is a promise. This is a promise. And again, sealed with a big fat kiss. Yeah. And like, again, I still sort of feel like the failure here is admitting this whole mate thing. And like they said, they were trying to hide it and they're doing just like a terrible job at that. But Tamlin responds, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, uh, I really think Lucian is starting to feel like he entered the crazy house. Like he's wondering if maybe like, he's wondering if like maybe spring night court, they both suck. So like they suck at least as much as the autumn court. So like maybe he should just like try again. (laughs) Summer, go to summer court. Yeah, he's like, fuck, like maybe I should just start over. (laughs) But well, he could it, go to the day court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's like trying to decide if he should go be crazy somewhere else, but it's too late. Uh, we interrupt this programming to uh, give you breaking news, which is four of the human queens enter. And Feyre gets a warning from the king. You will find, Feyre Archeron, that it is in your best interest to behave. And then two more humans enter. Fear like I had never known entered my heart as the men dragged my sisters, gagged and bound before the king of Highburn. 
and that's where we leave you because we're evil. <laughs> well, we're evil, and that's where Sarah J. Mass ended the chapter. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like it, it just keeps rolling like that. Like every chapter is a cliffhanger, so it's like we gotta <laughs> stop somewhere. Uh, yeah. Good thing this is a two-parter, people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and because it's a two-parter we don't have the song list for you right now we will give you that uh next episode at the end and same with our tiktoks however i will say i'm putting one tiktok in the show notes and that's because it doesn't have anything to do with this section but it is just so gold that you have to look at it <laughs> that tiktok friends is um Oh God, it's funny, y'all. <laughs> he goes by Dr. Weep. <laughs> um, and he just like read, he just read Akamath. <laughs> and he did a hilarious video uh, about Cassian and Ezreal and all them. And um, I'm just saying it's like for the for the autumn equinox and it's gold. So that's why it like has nothing to do with this section, but it's just fucking hilarious. And I'm gonna link to it in the show notes for you because everybody needs a giggle. Yeah. Well, it's also in celebration of Earth, Wind, and Fire Day, which was yeah. yesterday which was yesterday. Um, when you guys listen, it'll have been last week, <laughs> but we're recording yeah. this on the 22nd, which means happy fall y'all. <laughs> happy Maybon. <laughs> For those so. of us in the Northern hemisphere, if you're in the Southern hemisphere, happy Ostara. But yeah, yeah. So uh, happy fall y'all go get your pumpkin spice and uh, hang out in the autumn court for a little while. It's where I want to be. And with that, I guess we'll wrap up this episode. So uh, tune in next week where we will wrap up Akamath. I still can't yes. believe we are wrapping up Akamath. We are here. We are here. We are here. And like I said at the beginning of this, when I, when I explained it, like, you know, kind of being similar to Empire Strikes Back, it really is. Mm -hmm. For reals. In the meantime, remember, you can follow us on all of the things. All of the things have two A's in massive, like Sarah J. Mass's name. Little website, massivefanbookclub.com. Facebook at Massive Fan Book Club and Podcast. Twitter at Massive Podcast. Instagram at Massive Fans Podcast. Pinterest at Massive Fans. TikTok at Massive Fan Pod. Also, go check out TikTok if you're interested because I put a video up today. When you listen, it'll have been last week. <laughs> but it is asking you guys if... If you think I should do a gender bent Lucian cosplay, because <laughs> I um, have what I'm calling a uh, crunchy leaf hair now. Uh, it is yep, red and yep. orange and yellow. So uh, I want to know if you guys think I should use my crunchy leaf hair to do a gender bent Lucian cosplay. If you would like to see that, go like the video. <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> with that we will see you next week well we won't see yep. you you'll just hear us in your ear holes <laughs> y'all be good okay <laughs> okay bye, bye.